ho, ho. Merry hey, Christmas. Hey, hey. Leave your mother out of this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're bad. You can edit that out. No, I won't. You are going to get a lump of coal. How about that? <laughs> you don't look like Santa. <laughs> Little did you know. Oh. I'm sorry there is no Santa. Huh? Learning that at the age of 57. What? There is no Santa. It's mom and dad, and my mom was out of home. Mm. Well, I got a present anyway today, even though there is no Santa. What? Mm. Who do, gave you a present? Do you know? Hmm. Do you know what the National Film Registry is? Yes, I do. Yes. National Film Registry, for those of you who don't know, is your tax dollars at work. Uh, the National Film Registry chooses 25 films every year uh, to then preserve and make sure that they are in good shape and they never, ever, ever go away. And they just announced uh, their most recent uh, 25 about a week or two ago. If you go to the National Film Registry website, which mm-hmm. is part of the Library of Congress, you will see essays for every one of the over 400 films that they have there. Not every film has an essay. I submitted an essay and was told that it will be published on the Library of Congress website by the end of the year. Oh, my God. That is awesome, Chuck. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. For what film? Superman the movie. Oh, my gosh. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So there are are over 250 films that have no essays for them. So any film critic or any film aficionado... You are free to submit an essay, and if it passes muster, it will be published. Wow, fantastic. Library of Congress. That's really cool. Thank you. I I needed that, actually. So, yes, it was (laughs) a nice little present. Very good. Well, Merry Christmas. I take back all of my negative little things I was either saying or thinking, and I can't remember. (sighs) (laughs) See, I'm happy again. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. So let's talk about some movies. Let's what are we going to talk about? There's, there's, you know, Feast or Famine. It really is. Cheese and it rice. It really is. Let's let's go with the two movies that are going to be opening in theaters this coming week. Okay. Let's go with, let's start with Babylon, because that is a biggie with more stars than one can imagine. Yes, yes. And um, I'm interested in, to hear what you said, because I know you said you didn't like it, and then watched it again and, and had a new perspective. Uh, I saw it at home. And I'm eager to actually see it on a big screen. Uh, it is an overwhelming experience. Oh, my God. And not necessarily in a good way, right. I would think. Right. Uh, remember that theater we went to in New York and saw Licorice Pizza? Yes. I got an email from them today. They are showing Babylon in 70 millimeters. Oh, I think you should go. So, oh, I would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> Babylon is Damien Chazelle's new movie. He's the guy who made uh, La La Land. Whiplash, among others. And it is about uh, the silent film era era, and the transition from the silent film era to the sound era. And also, that's really kind of what it's about, but it's also about hedonism. It is about uh, how Hollywood at that point had no rules as far as morality was concerned, as far as, well, much of anything Anything. was concerned. Uh, The opening 20 minutes is nothing but a cocaine-fueled orgy uh, in a film producer's mansion. And Chazelle really uh, shows what he's made of, or I should say what his cameraman is made of, because there are long, swooping, tracking shots which show you one debauchery after another that's going on in this place where, you know, if it feels good, 
you just do it, apparently. It's gluttonous chaos. It is. And there's also a reference there, and there are references throughout, without naming any names, there are references throughout the film to key points in Hollywood history, and there's a reference there to the Fatty Arbuckle scandal, uh, which ruined his career as well. Uh, Once we get through that, we get into the bones of this whole thing, and Margot Robbie uh, is a young actress who will do anything, I mean anything, to become a star. On the other end of the spectrum, we have Brad Pitt, who is an established star and really can call the shots on anything that he wants to do. But as the transition to sound within the industry occurs, both of their fates are affected by this. Um, you know how I love Hollywood and Hollywood history, so yes. you knew this was going to appeal yes. to me. Absolutely. Uh, there are two sequences I can't shake. Uh, One of them is where we're filming this epic war thing, Middle middle Ages war thing, out in uh, in Southern California somewhere. And, you know, they used to say, oh, there's a cast of thousands and stuff like that. Well, we don't do that anymore. We just, you know, do it via computer. Apparently, Chazelle actually used people here for this. And just to see the spectacle of this and what they had to go to in order to achieve this, I thought was really cool. And then there's another great sequence in which they're finally using microphones on a movie set. <laughs> and just the problems that I've read about and that we see they run into uh, with this equipment that was so bulky that didn't work quite right. I mean, they're still trying to figure out how to balance the sound so that things aren't too loud or too soft. I thought that was fantastic, That was. Too. Um, and then, of course, the end, which we can't really talk about, that ties everything together, I right. thought was just a little piece of brilliance. This movie's messy. It's not perfect. I will freely admit that. And people who don't like it, I understand it completely. But it appealed to me. And I, I just I just really loved every second of it. And I can't wait to see it again. You know, last week we talked about uh, just a little glimpse of Babylon. And you said people either hate it or they love it. And there's no one in between. I'm a tweener. Okay. <laughs> um, I hated it. Not hated it. I. Well, you said the sound was something that well, that pushed you away from okay, it. Okay. When we go to our screenings in Chicago, if they say theater number ten, I immediately say, "Shit, mm-hmm. I forgot my my earplugs." Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Dolby digital surround, and I forget what the visual Atmos. thing is. The Atmos Dol- yes. Dolby Atmos theater, and if you want to be immersed, like. Immersed to me means you are plunged into deep sea without a tank and you are drowning. That's what immersed is to me. And that's how I feel in this theater because the sound is so loud. It becomes, to me, it becomes distorted. Maybe it's my hearing. I don't know. But to me, it becomes distorted and you feel the sound through your yeah. seat. Sometimes yeah, I think they, they really do do that. Sometimes I think it's just me. No, no, no. I, 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 I felt it shake. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. And and it is just too much. And my I am on sensory overload. And this is a visually stimulating mm-hmm. story from the very beginning, although I did just laugh my ass off when the ele- elephant yes, had, the his, elephant. There's had, a, a, yes. had a little release. <laughs> Um, but it was just it was just too much for my sensory system. I, I I really struggled to pay attention to other elements of the story because I was it was like if you just continually scratched your fingernails down a chalkboard, that's what I was feeling the entire time. But then you watched it again at home. Watched it again at home and I could breathe. Um and I've got a good system at home too. I actually have Dolby Digital Surround too, but 
I tweaked it so that you balance. I it. could hear yeah. it. I could. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just being bombarded by it. Um, and it is a visually stimulating film. It's a, it's a bit much. It's a bit too long for me. And it mm-hmm. is exceptionally messy in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. The story feels like it's all over the place. I felt like, and, and they do tie it together brilliantly at the end. I loved the ending. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember calling you after I saw it in Chicago. And I said, I'm not going to give this away, but I want you to tell me if I should have known this earlier mm-hmm. on. And you did. You picked up on it earlier on than I did. But your knowledge of film history is much better than mine. Well, again, I picked up on it just because of the correlations between the story. I had no idea they were headed in that okay, direction. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say that. But, you know, there are definitely, you know, it becomes obvious as we see it once we get there right. to the end as to what he's doing. Okay. And I loved that. I loved the ending, too. And I, I loved the, the young guy, um, Diego... Uh, Cava, yeah, I think he's good. He's amazing. He's he's big in Mexico apparently. I looked him up and I had not seen him in anything else before. Right, and and we he, uh, he's captivating. Oh, he is. He is incredible. And and to me, he is, he's the the glue that binds the whole thing together. Right. The, every he is. single story. He is a part of all the different characters. Margot Robbie care, Margot Robbie's character, Brad Pitt's character. I mean, you name the character, and he's a part right. of that story. Yeah. Um, in my mind, I feel like we were we just bit off, and there's another movie we're going to talk about that I'm going to also describe in the same way, biting off way more than you can chew. And I appreciate all the different stories that were involved. Um, I would have chosen one part of the story to highlight, and then the other parts just to kind of be ancillary. Um, Brad Pitt, to me was the star oh my gosh i don't think i've ever seen brad pitt in a, in a movie that i have liked so much in quite some time yeah. yeah um and there are two of my favorite scenes of the year um are in this movie and it's with brad pitt and it typifies what hollywood was and what hollywood was going to become his fight with his um Fiance. Second first wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Second wife, ex wife. That is key. It, it is. And then there's another scene as well that is just, to me, pivotal. Well, it's funny you mention that scene. And I think this is one of the reasons I like that film so much is because it talks about the process of film, it talks about the magic of film, it talks about the power of seeing a film in a theater with strangers, and that is becoming something of the past right. that is threatened right now. Right. And I'm sure that had a lot for me as far as embracing this movie and what it was right. about. Right, So, um, So I, I didn't hate it. I, didn't, I definitely didn't hate it because there's, there are favorite scenes to me yeah, in sure. this movie, and I loved the, loved the ending. You know, Damien Chazelle, I, I admire him, and he's such a young guy. Yeah. And he came out several years ago with Whiplash, which was my number one movie of whatever year that was. Great film. Holds um, up. And La La Land is, is another ode to cinema. <laughs> you bet it is. As is this one. So I think this one's going to do extremely well with the awards so. because of that. I did not have this in my top ten list because it just wasn't a movie that... I've watched it twice, and you know me, watching a movie more than once right. says a lot about it. But I wanted to experience it in the comfort of my home where I could regulate some of the sensory mm-hmm. input. Um, but uh, I think it's going to do well because Hollywood loves itself. I hope so. I hope so. Because we've got a lot of movies out right now about movies. Don't we, though? You know, which which is ironic, too. And we'll get to another one of those in a future podcast but talk about seeing a movie more than once 
Oh my gosh. This next okay. one. Okay, oh so. my gosh. <laughs> Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. How many times now have you seen it? Four. Four times? You don't even have any kids in the house. I do now. My my 27-year-old daughter is home. Okay. Well, that was an excuse to watch it again, huh? It was. It was. I watched it. My husband watched it twice, which he never even yeah. watches a movie. Yeah. And I watched it with my friend Kristen and then my daughter. So, yes, I have watched it four times. This is just so much fun. Rarely do you find anymore, except for like the Toy Stories of the World or the DreamWorks um, Pixar movies that are animated, do you find that appeals to both adults and children. Mm -hmm. It's a hard combination. That's a fine line to walk. Um, Buzz Lightyear movie, whatever that was called earlier this year. Uh, Lightyear. Uh, Lightyear, okay, whatever. <laughs> it, uh, it was forgettable. Forgettable. It was forgettable. Um, yeah. And did not appeal to, to me, it didn't have that appeal to adults as well as children. You have to be extremely smart in your screenplay and if, mm -hmm. when you're with your writing and directing, if you can appeal to both kids and adults at the same time and Puss in Boots will appeal to what do you think like three and up uh, five and up five and up five and up five okay and up. yeah I, and, I don't see anyone not liking this movie right five to 95 and it's all about Puss who I, and I, I've got this huge smile on my face I'm trying not to laugh because Puss realizes that he has used up eight of his nine lives <laughs> He says, I'm not good with numbers, or I'm not good with the math, That's or something right. like that, yeah. I don't do math. I don't. And, and that is voiced once again by uh, Antonio Banderas, uh, who I absolutely adore. And he's having a blast here. Isn't you can he? tell he's having a blast. <laughs> I certainly hope he is at the awards show again this year. Yes. So that I can say. Such a nice man. He really was a very sweet yeah. man. Um, and so, uh, Puss realizes, oopsie, Puss realizes that he is running out of lives, as he counts through how he has lost them so far, which was funny to, to the watch. Montage. How, yeah. yeah, the eight deaths. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> this this wolf, the big bad wolf, um, voiced by Wagner Mora, um, has come on the scene to let him know that he's coming for him. The big bad mm -hmm. wolf, who actually is somebody else, is coming mm -hmm. for him. So Puss decides it's time to retire, you know, <laughs> bury the boots, bury the sword, <laughs> bury the hat with a feather mm -hmm. and go to a retirement the old home, cat's home with the old, <laughs> the old cat's home <laughs> where he inadvertently meets a dog named Perro, Perro. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, voiced by Harvey Guillen. And um, Perro is actually dressed up like a cat. He is pretending to be a cat. The two realize, discover that they are both talking animals. Mm -hmm. And they find out that there is a map that you can follow mm -hmm. in order to make a wish. At the wishing and star. At the wishing star. Yes. I wish I wish I wish I may I wish I might had the star wish I wish tonight. Right. We used to say Something that all the time like, when yeah. we saw the first star of the night. Right. Um, so they decide to go on an adventure and find this map. Well, Goldilocks and the three bears are also looking for oh, this map no. because Goldie has a wish she wants to fulfill. Along that journey, Puss also runs into his old love, his hot flame kitty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> by Sel it's Selma Hayek yes. who voices that one. And then they run into the bad guy voiced by um, uh, uh, Mulaney. John Mulaney, Jack Horner. Big Jack Horner, not little Jack Horner. Oh my God. Talk about smart comedy. Mm -hmm. I... Uh, like I said, yes, I've watched it four times, and I pick up something new every single mm -hmm. time I watch mm -hmm. it because it is so quick-witted, fast-paced, just so much fun until they discover what it is to actually 
have that wish? What does that really mean? Mm -hmm. um, so a nice little lesson in there too that I thought was sweet. And the animation, I don't think the animation was great, but the concept of the animation right, right. was really cool in that whoever held the map saw a different route to take. Mm -hmm. um, and this little doggy Pero was uh, just as sweet as sweet can be. And some of the, the land of lollipops, so right. the yeah, sweetness yeah. and kindness and all your answers right. are here, or something to that effect. I should have it memorized by now. Um, but really fun, smart movie that I think the whole family is going to enjoy. And if you're looking for something to go and see in theaters with your family, and if you've got five and ups to go, go. Take yeah. them to see this. Yeah, there is so much going on there. It's an incredibly dense film. I love the Jack Horner character. He collects artifacts. Uh, oh, he collects right. magical artifacts. <laughs> and as you're watching this, and I know I didn't catch all of them. No. Uh -uh. He, he's going through his office, and you see a, 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 a magic carpet that flies. You see Poseidon's trident. You see, you know, all these magical Alice things. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, the bag, which you can put everything oh, yeah, in. Yeah. You know, uh, Mary Poppins' Mary umbrella Poppins. is there. You know, all these different things that you know from these fairy tales and these other movies, he's got them. And I like say, I'm sure I missed a ton. Yeah. But uh, every once in a while, someone pop out, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. No right. wonder he could do all this stuff. Poor Perlo. You know, the, the guy has had everything in the world happen to him. Oh. And he has this sunny disposition. <laughs> and there's a scene that I, I keep going back to. He's walking towards us, and the two cats are behind. And they ask him about his life. And, you know, what did they call you? And he goes through this whole litany of, oh, they've called me stupid. They've called me dumb. They've called me shit for brains. They've and he says all of this with a huge <laughs> smile on his face. And the two cats get sadder and sadder <laughs> as they listen to this awful Story. Saddest, funny story ever. <laughs> it, it's just it's just stuff like that that just like you say, you know, the kids aren't going to catch all of it, but that's there for us, yeah, to keep us engaged. And you're right, it's a rough <laughs> thing to to appeal to all that, but the film really succeeds. It, I, I had, I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's all about what is family. What a, what a perfect concept for right. this time of year, you know. And and when Goldilocks and the three bears are having their little argument and using him as bait. Yes. And yeah. they. <laughs> They start, you know, yelling and screaming at each other and, and calling each other names. And Pedro just sees it as, oh, how fun to have a family that you can say these mm -hmm. things to. I wish I could. Right. And then he starts to say things. All, all about uh, perspective. Oh, it's funny. And Florence I, Pugh yes. is Goldilocks. Yep. Yeah, Olivia that, Coleman is Mama Bear. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that old trope from The Wizard of Oz. You don't realize that you already have what you want. Yeah. You know, which which I really, you know, again, that great lesson. Yeah. You, know, you, you have more than you realize. Absolutely. You just have to it's not always better on the other side. Hey, before we wrap this up, yes. tell your Antonio Banderas story, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this was about four hear, years ago. I want to hear how you, I'll interject. No, 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 no. You, you tell the story and I will interject. Okay, all right. Because again, we were just talking about perspective right yeah okay. so we were at the is, critics, <laughs> critics choice awards about four years ago uh mr banderas was there for this was my first critics choice awards that's right yeah so i was i was a little overwhelmed by you know all these movie stars mm -hmm. everywhere and being able to just like chat with them and we um you had a book that you wanted signed by mr banderas mm -hmm. and i walked past him and i said hello just smiled and said hello and he said hello in just the mm. most wonderful way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His eyes twinkled. Hello. <laughs> 
And then we came back because I told you where it was sitting and you asked him to sign the book. You got down on your knee to sign the book. I think I have a picture of you doing yes, that. Mm -hmm. And you introduced him to me and I shook his hand and said hello. Uh -huh. Just, you know, very uh -huh. nice pleasantries. Uh -huh. Maybe it was a little longer handshake. Right, yeah, I think it I was. Don't know. Yeah, uh huh. And then later on, about 20 minutes later, we walked past his table again and he said, Hello, Pamela. Uh huh, yeah. <laughs> Which just made my day. That's, uh, that's, that's about, about how I remember okay. too. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, Pamela. Yeah, yeah, he, that mem oh, yeah you nice. remember the things that are important. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no idea what I ate, yeah. but I remember that. Remember that, yeah, yeah. So, on that lovely note, uh, we're going to wrap up this <laughs> podcast. Uh, more to come. So much more to come at the end of the year. Uh, and we certainly hope that you will uh, come back and see what we've got to say. Because we will save you a seat. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>